11 years ago, I started driving a city bus. Wasn't planning on it. In fact, the thought never crossed my mind until a friend suggested that it was really a good job with great benefits. And besides, she said, think of the stories and experiences that you'll have. (laughs) Boy, oh boy, was she right. So, being unemployed and poor, I applied. Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and this is the continuing saga of A View from the Seat, one person's experience of life as a bus driver. The stress, the pain, the negativity, as well as the great people that I've met, the funny stories, and, unfortunately, the serious stuff that only happens on a bus, including our ability to handle it, with the support of family, friends, co-workers, and the occasional therapist, of course all working together to keep the wheels rolling and the paychecks flowing. I hope you join me right now for a view from the seat. This podcast is brought to you by My Independence Report. Please follow us on podbean.com to receive regular updates about my continuing career as a city bus driver, because tomorrow is another day, and no one knows what great adventure is around the next turn. Also, a word of caution, some of the language used can be a bit offensive, but driving a bus can be as real life as it gets. Hello everybody, my name is Kevin McDonald and yes, I am a bus driver. Didn't think I'd be one, didn't even know I wanted to be one, but I am. Been doing this for 11 years now and I keep being told that I need to to either write a book or to talk about my experiences as a bus driver. Let me first say that I was looking on the internet to see if anybody else was doing this or had this idea and all I found were things like Angry bus driver, bad bus driver, bus drivers that were having a moment. And later later on, we'll explain how those moments happen. But initially, I just wanted to let people know that not all bus drivers have moments like that all the time. And not all bus drivers are uh, distant and aloof and mean. Granted, like every profession, you have got some people that are probably not cut out for this kind of work but as you'll sh- you will see as we continue on this is a very very difficult job it's a very tough job and uh, we'll talk about that and we'll talk about how bus drivers specifically me how I relieve the stress of the job both handling the physical aspects of it and more importantly the mental aspects of it because the mental aspects of it far outweigh anything else, in my opinion. Which, by the way, this entire podcast is going to be based upon my opinion. I don't speak for anybody else, but this is how it worked for me. First of all, I was in the restaurant business as I grew up. I uh, was in restaurant management. I had my own production company, which is where Positive Talk Radio came from. And you can listen to some of the other episodes on my independence report. Just scroll down and you can see some of the best of, some of the things that I, uh, some of the people that I interviewed. I interviewed Gary Zukoff and, and Neil Donald Walsh and um, a gal who had created an album for uh, um, Gilda's Club, somebody else that uh, talked about uh, past life regression. So there's lots, lots of material there for you to look at. And that was when I was um, um, executive producer of Positive Talk Radio and, and what we did there. Unfortunately... Because of the setup and how difficult it is to get advertising or enough advertising to make it work, that uh, I had to shelve that project for the time being. But that has morphed into this project, which is the podcast, My Independence Report. And I hope you'll enjoy it. 
Um, so um, after I left the restaurant industry and left uh, uh, um, distribution and sales management and manufacturers rep, I started my own company. That didn't work out. And then, unfortunately, I got a divorce, which cost me my house and a whole bunch of other stuff. And my good friend, Kim, Kim Miller, who was, and you can listen to her uh, podcast, which is on my independence report. She has, has a partner. Her name is Julie. Julie is a supervisor with King County Metro. And uh, Kim called me one day and said, Julie had a question for you. And I said, well, could that be? And she said, why don't you drive a bus? And I had never even given it a thought. Drive a bus? Those big things? Are you kidding? That, that, that's just an accident waiting to happen. And then all of those people and all the things. I hadn't ridden the bus in years. So I really had no understanding of what it was going to be like to drive a bus. But because I was poor and uh, my contacts in the restaurant and uh, distribution business had dried up, and I'd been away from it for a little while. And uh, when I applied, I was over 50 years old and nobody really wanted to talk to me. So I applied to be a bus driver. So let me go through what that's like, because I get the feeling that a lot of people think that driving a bus, number one, is easy. Number two, that uh, doesn't take a great deal of intelligence and that uh, um, at least that's the impression that I get. And so and, and a lot of people are scared, won't even apply to do that job. So what I did was uh, uh, I started down the road of, of uh, becoming a bus driver. And uh, this podcast, by the way, is going to be about the experiences that I've had over the last 11 years. Um, I have a 10-year safe driving award. I've been with King County Metro 11 years. I've never been late. Uh, which is hard to do in any job, but I've never been late. I've been operator of the month. And uh, so I'm uniquely qualified to be able to talk to you about what it's like, what it's really like to be a bus driver and the experiences that go with it. So first of all, let me talk about the interview process. Now, this was 2008. And I don't know if you remember, I'm sure most of you do, 2008 was the beginning of the Great Recession. Well, unemployment was higher it was like nine or ten percent at the time and so it was difficult to get a job and king county metro was hiring for the first time in a while and so when i went down to the uh training office um there were and and julie told me get there early get there early and sign up earlier because that's important didn't realize why but it's important because that's the seniority with which you will go into your part-time class with and that leads to all sorts of things, the work that you pick, the base that you pick, all of those things in the classroom. And so I got there really pretty early. And I was the fourth one to sign up. And by the time everybody got there, there were over 40 people in the room. And these people were all interested in, in, in driving a bus for a living. So, and they came from all all different walks of life. There was a warehouse manager for Toys R Us because Toys R Us was downsizing. There was a uh, uh, executive with Coke who had retired, but he wanted to do something meaningful. There were teachers. There were people, immigrants, people from Kenya, people from all sorts of Eastern Europe. And, and all of these people got together in this classroom and they showed a video. The video was about a bus driver and all of the things that he had to go through on a daily basis. Uh, 
And so at the end of the video, um, they gave us a little uh, a quiz and asked us questions about that video and how we would respond, not how he did, but how we would respond to various situations. And you did this individually. So I, I, I wrote everything down, turned it in. Uh, well, as it turns out, because Julie had given me forewarning that focus on customer service, focus on being good with the people and good customer service. And so apparently I did pretty well. So uh, they passed me on to the next step, which was an interview. So I went in and had an interview with um, a, a supervisor that was in the training department, and that apparently went well. And so then they called me back and they asked for references. Well, unfortunately, I had been self-employed for the last four years, and uh, or five years actually. And so I did not have a employer to call to get references from for the last three years. So um, I told them that, and that's where the application died. It just stopped right there because that, that was out of the norm. That wasn't a usual thing for them to deal with. So human resources really didn't know how to deal with it. So um, I let a month go by, and a month turned into two months, and nothing happened. And then I, then, uh, I was talking with Kim, and I explained you know, how far I'd gotten, and nothing happened. And so Julie, bless her heart, picks up the phone and calls HR and says, this guy would really make a good bus driver and you need to go the extra mile here, please. And so they did. And they called me back and they said, okay, uh, if you don't have an employer, we need you to pro provide three years of tax returns to prove that you were self-employed. And I said, well, okay, I can do that. It was a little embarrassing because in one of the years I'd made nothing, I made zero. I, as a matter of fact, I had lost a great deal of money in pursuit of my career in radio. And so um, they, I, I gave them all the tax information and they said, okay, well, you, you're great. So I, I came down there and signed the papers and then uh, um, I was going to go to part-time class. Now, um, let me explain how that works. Part-time class, in order to become a bus driver with King County Metro at that time, it's changed a little bit now. But at that time, you had to be a, you had to apply for a part-time bus driving job first. You couldn't go full-time um, or apply for full-time. You had to be part-timer first. And what they, what that means is you work five days a week and they guarantee two and a half hours a day. Now, I don't know how many people can live on two and a half hours a day. And I certainly couldn't, but uh, um, that, that, those were the rules. So, um I, in, I went into the class knowing that I was going to have, to, it was going to be a struggle, but at the end of the day, when you were able to go full-time, and at that time, people were going full-time in eight, nine, ten months. Uh, this is in, in the middle of 2008, and the big recession was just beginning, and so um, I thought, well, I can make it for, you know, eight months, nine months, ten months. Turns out to be that because the economy tanked and Metro was downsizing, I was a part-time operator for three and a half years, which is a really long time to be a part-time operator. But there are there were ways, and we'll talk about that later on how you can supplement your income. But I did I did that, and um, so we go to class. It's the first day of class. Now Julie had been very clear that timeliness is next to godliness in Metroland. And if you are late by 59 seconds, 
you get written up and you lose your work. Yes, I said that right. 59 seconds, you are toast. So the first day of class, there are going to be 14 people in our class. And um, we start at 7 a.m., go 7 to 3, and uh, they would provide us with the CDL training, and they did that in-house. So um, CDL training and, and, and just how Metro works and how you can survive day-to-day and, and, and also bus driving training and all of those things. So the first thing was on the first day, it was 7 o'clock, Two supervisors walked in to the classroom and closed the door. There were 13 of us in the classroom. Then a minute later, we hear a knock on the door. And then one of the supervisors excused himself, left the classroom, closed the door behind him, and then a little while later came back by himself. The first operator to fall by the wayside was a minute and a half late, and he was told that he could not participate that he was done. It was such a, it, it, it was such a startling thing. Cause it was like, Holy crap, they're serious. <laughs> you cannot be late doing this job or you're going to get terminated. And that's, so it, uh, uh was a, a big problem for folks that, uh, have timeliness issues because they get rid of you really, really quick. And, uh, um, so we, we, we now had 13 people in the class and uh, we started, we started by some classroom instruction on what they call run cards and how, how you are uh, supposed to negotiate your way through. Um, we got to pick the, the, the base and this was based upon the seniority in the class. And because I got there early, I had high seniority in the class. And so I got to pick the base that I wanted Kinda, which was East Base at the time. And because I could get what's called a dual tripper. And a dual tripper means you work in the morning and the afternoon. You get more hours. And I needed those hours. And so I was very, very fortunate and very lucky to get that done. Now, one of the things that they do for you in the course of this uh, three-week class is what it was. Um, they get you your CDL. Uh, the state of Washington gave Metro uh, the ability to do in-house CDL training and actually approval for the CDL. Now, the CDL process itself is a difficult process because there are two parts to it. One is a driving part, and uh, the other part is a uh, um, is a uh, a pre a bus pre-check uh, part, and you have to do them in order and you have to do them completely, or you get bounced from the class. So we started with thirteen guys and and gals, and um, Three of them did not make it through the CDL training. So they were gone. So then there were 10 of us. And one of, one of, one of, one of which, if you're driving a bus and, you, and the tire goes over a curb, that's the end of the test and you go back to the base and you're done. You only get two chances to do all of this correctly. And the pre-check was a very long and involved thing. There were like 35 points to it, and you had to get all the points correctly in order for you to get your CDL. Obviously, without a CDL, you can't drive a bus. So uh, um, we all worked to get our CDL. One guy went over the curb, and he was gone. Uh, another guy could not pass the uh, uh, pre-trip inspection portion of the of the test, and he was gone. So at the end of the day, 
we ended up it started with a class of 14 and we ended up graduating nine so first of all it's not easy to become a bus driver because it is um a complicated process and if you've never done if you haven't been a bus driver or if you haven't been a truck driver if you don't know what you're doing with those it, it can be a complicated thing so uh, i applaud anyone who has gone through the metro training and has become a bus driver and that's what's something that you need to be aware of is that these people have really put some time and effort into making it work for them okay so now on I think it was day three we go out into the yard and we're looking at these giant things called a bus it it was like holy crap I get to I'm gonna drive that and I'm I'm gonna drive it in traffic and I'm not gonna hit anything because if you hit anything you're out of the class as well so it was a, a little intimidating to say the least but the interesting thing about driving a bus is when you are in the passenger seat it looks like it's difficult to do but when you're in the driver's seat you've got a clear vision of everything and it really is not that difficult to to be able to drive a bus um the biggest part about that is being aware enough all the time not to make silly mistakes as a full-time bus driver told me one time he said just stay in the line show up on time stay in the lines don't hit shit, and you'll be fine and it worked out just just fine um, for us to do that. Um, there was one guy, as, as, as time went within this class, he was a bartender by trade, and so he worked till 2 o'clock in the morning, generally speaking. So he would get into the class at uh, oh, 6.59 and a half and just barely squeak in, and then, uh, but, but he made it through, and he got his CDL. And one of the final parts of your part-time training is that you go to the base that you're going to be assigned to and you drive with an experienced operator um, for three days on, on your route and could be different routes. Um, and with the operator judging you and coaching you on how to be a good uh, bus driver. And uh, so he made it all the way through class all the way through, and then, then, then in two days of this, on the third day of this driver training, he got off work at two o'clock. He had to report at like nine o'clock in the morning and he fell asleep and, uh, uh, and he didn't get up right on time. And then traffic was bad on 405 and he showed up late and he was gone just like that. He was gone. <laughs> and as it turns out, six months later, he uh, was able to reapply because he had uh, his brother was a driver for Metro. He was able to re reapply and the same damn thing happened to him. He made it through the first two days of, of driving with an experienced operator. And the third day he was late and he was bounced never to be seen from again. It was a really sad thing of what happened to him. Um, so. I made it through. I got to, I got to be um, a, a part-time bus driver, but I was making about working about thirty hours a week, which was really which was really cool. Um, and the interesting thing is about Metro also is that you make friends, but you make friends at five minutes at a time. What I, what do I mean by that? 
Well, oftentimes my family will ask me, they'll say, well, what time do you have to be at work? And I'll say, well, Tuesday, I have to be at work at uh, 1241, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 1247, and on Saturday at 1252. And uh, they'll look at me funny and I'll say, well, because we have staggered start times, because the buses leave at different times, obviously. And so... um, you end up going to the base and you end up making friends with people that happen to be their work is scheduled about the same time. So you end up, you go in and you sign in and uh, you get ready. You grab all the things you need for the schedules and, and the transfers and those things. And then you can talk with people that are happen to be there at the base at the same time that you're there. So over the course of the last 11 years, I've made friends and then we have what's called a shakeup. We have three of those a year, and your your work changes, so the time you go to work changes, and so the time they go to work changes, or they go to a different base, and uh, um, so you never see them again. There are people that are still working for Metro that I haven't seen in probably five years. Hey, Mark, and uh, and and other people that uh, uh, so you make friends five minutes at a time, and and over the course of time you can then get more deeply involved with these people. Nathaniel's a perfect case for me. He was a part-time operator and I was a part-time operator and we became friendly and then he went full-time and I went full-time and we lost contact for a little bit and then I would see him occasionally and, and we made friends of each other on five minutes at a time. And that's just the way it works as a bus driver. That's one of the downsides. You don't get to have a lot of camaraderie with other bus drivers in a group setting because everybody has a staggered start so you only so it's kind of you're on your own and as long as as long as you don't as i say hit shit you're fine uh show up on time and don't hit anything so though that that works uh really well so um i made it to to metro as a part-timer i was a part-timer for three and a half years then i went full-time seven and a half years ago and now I am uh, doing really quite well. Thank you very much. But uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the uh, part-time class. One of the, one day, this is interesting. One day, w- we had some full-time operators and we had a uh, chief come in to talk to us because some of us had never driven a bus. And like me, I've always had my car, so I've never, I've probably ridden the bus twice in 20 years. And so I really had no idea what it was like, what the people were like, what I was going to have to deal with. So the chief walks in, very nice man, stands at the front of the room, and he says, each of you has a new name. Your new name? Motherfucker. Or you're going to be a bitch or you're going to be a shithead or you're going to be any one of a number of names because these people want to do that and you have to deal with what they do. So keep in mind as you're driving your bus, for some people, they consider this their living room. That's where they sleep. That's where they hang out. They have a whole group of people that do the exact same thing that they do. They can't drive for one reason or another. Either they're a convicted felon or they don't speak the language very well 
or they've gotten into trouble or they just don't make any money and they have they have no way of getting a car. So they take the bus and that's how they get around. That's what they do. And so you are intruding upon their living room. So your behavior needs to be uh, uh, open and honest enough and quiet enough to where you let these people be in their living room because you're intruding upon their space. And I found out that to be, I found that to be true because um, being a bus driver, you have to be, now let me preface this by saying, when I was in the restaurant business, I dealt with people all the time, lots and lots of people. I'd have uh, on Friday, Saturday night, we did seven or eight or $10,000 in business. And so we'd have hundreds of people in the bar, in the restaurant, and, uh, and, and plus I had a staff of 70. So I dealt with people all the time. I considered myself really good at dealing with people. But there's a difference. When you're driving a bus, these people don't want to be there any more than you might not want to be there. They're, dri- they're riding the bus because they have to. They can't drive. Or in some cases, uh, if they're coming from the east side into Seattle, they don't drive because parking is so expensive. And so you end up having two different types of clientele. You have what I call the commuters. And these are people that don't want to pay for parking. And so they're predominantly nine to fivers. And they uh, um, go and they pay their fare and they sit down and they behave themselves and they do what they've got to do. All they want to do is to get to work. All they want to do is to do what they got to do to make a living. And then there's the other kind. These are the people that don't have a job, don't necessarily even have a home. Uh, They may have uh, some drug issues. They may have some uh, police issues. There's, There's all kinds of different folks. And these are the folks who are there because they have to be. They don't want to be. And so consequently, there's a lack of power. For them, personal power, they're, they're lacking because they have to ride the bus to get to where they're going. And so consequently, if you make it difficult for them or argue with them, it becomes it can become a very bad situation for you. And so you have to learn. One of the th- most difficult parts of driving a bus is learning how to deal with a lot of different kinds of people and understanding where they're coming from. And in future episodes, we are going to talk a lot about the various uh, um, um, experiences that I've had and situations that have come up while driving the bus that uh, um, in in, in most 95% of it is dealing with other people. Now, earlier I said that I was 10 years accident free. That's really actually not true. I'm 10 years preventable accident free. And, uh, Let me talk a little bit about that. When in bus driver land, in the bus driver world, there's no such thing as at fault or fault when it comes to accidents. It is preventable or non-preventable. A preventable accident is something that you could have done something different to prevent that accident from happening. A non-preventable accident means that you did everything reasonably that they could reasonably expect you to do and still the accident happened. And so that becomes a non-preventable accident. 
So a preventable accident uh, has points attached to it based upon the dollar value of the uh, uh, of the damage to the bus and the damage to the other vehicle and or people. And to make matters even worse, if uh, somebody, if you get into an accident and somebody goes to the hospital, then you have to go have a uh, uh, urine analysis done for a drug test and you're off work until that drug test comes back clean. If it doesn't come back clean, you're in a whole heap of trouble. And uh, which includes, now Washington State as an example, is uh, um, marijuana is legal here. Unfortunately for bus drivers, marijuana is still, because we operate under federal guidelines, marijuana is still a banned substance. So if you have a substance of, uh, if you show that you have marijuana in your system, you also will get bounced. So you have a preventable accident and a non-preventable accident. I've actually had, and we'll talk about this later on, but I've actually had four hit and runs and I've been rear-ended by a bus. And um, I'll go into those stories a little bit later. But um, so basically all I wanted to get out with this particular podcast is just to let you know that a view from the seat is going to be a continuing series of podcasts based upon my experiences as a bus driver as well as I'm going to invite other bus drivers to come talk about what's it like for them to be a bus driver. How difficult is it to get through your day? How difficult is it to keep your mouth shut? As Ron White says, you know, the comedian, he says he has the ability or he has the uh, um, has the right to remain silent, but he doesn't have the ability. That's my problem. I, oftentimes, I just don't have the ability to remain silent. But uh, in, in 11 years, I've never been assaulted. Um, and I've had never even, well, one time was kind of close, but never really have been assaulted. In, in the meantime, my fellow uh, bus drivers, many, many have been assaulted. Many have been spit on. Um, two have been shot. Fortunately, they both survived. Um, many have been, uh, uh, really badly hurt in an assault. And so it's, it's, it's a difficult job. It's a difficult place to be and to do, and to be there 40 hours a week or 45 hours a week, or some of these guys work a lot longer than that. But, uh, it's, it's difficult to work that much and maintain your sanity and a smile and, and be happy, go lucky all the time. It's hard to do. Some, some are able to do it, but it depends on your mental makeup. Um, in, in seven and a half years of being full time, there are, I've gone, we've gone through as a company, 900 full time drivers. When I first got there, I was uh, number 1700 and something. Now I'm some, some, number 900. So we've gone through a lot of people. This is one of those jobs. It's hard when our in, again, in our part-time class, the uh, um, the lecturer said, you know, there were 13 of us at that time. No, there were, ended up being nine of us at the, on this day. And he said, you know, four of you are going to make it to retirement. Those are the statistics. Everybody else is going to be gone. And either some of them will get promoted, but a lot of them just, some of them will not be able to do it physically. It's a very physically demanding job. The repetitive stress is just amazing. And and so it's a difficult job. And so my message here to everyone that is listening is have get, cut your bus driver a break. 
it's a hard job. We're like everybody else. Sometimes we come in in a bad mood. Uh, we've got stuff going on at home. Uh, it it can be as bad as anything else. I just when I'm in a in one of those moods, I just try and shut up, which for me is kind of difficult. But uh, for most people, um, it it does it does change you. So please be kind to your bus drivers. Understand what we go through to get to do this job and to do it well every every day that we turn around. So I hope that uh, uh, you will continue to listen to A View from the Seat. My name is Kevin McDonald, and uh, it, on, on our next uh, uh, podcast, we're going to start talking about seniority. We're going to start talking about uh, incidences, that ha- incidences, incidents that happen on the bus and the stories that I've amassed over 11 years. And uh, I hope I hope you'll find it entertaining. And again, thank you very much for listening. My name is Kevin McDonald. And remember, forever trust in who you really are. Because nothing else matters. We'll see you next time on My Independence Report.